Hey guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana with one of my Louisiana brethren. I can't tell you how I'm excited I am to bring on Langston Galloway, uh, past, present, future NBA player. Langston, welcome to the channel. You're the first NBA player that's come on. Uh, is this the greatest privilege that you've ever felt in your life? No, no, for sure. To, to <laughs> be on here with you, uh, you know, uh, another great, you know, Louisiana guy that, you know, has always followed my career every single step of the way. So, nah, I, I, I appreciate you having me on and I'm, I'm excited to talk about, you know, sports and everything. We're going to tell stories. I've got a couple stories. The first story I'm going to tell is the first time I saw Langston Galloway. And you never heard this story. I never told you this story. So Langston and I know each other. We met maybe uh, seven, eight years ago, uh, right before you got to the league, I think, or maybe right after you got in uh, over at a local gym here. You trained a little bit with one of my best friends, Jonathan Pixley, uh, over at the Red Storm facility here in Baton Rouge. So we got a chance to meet. And uh, I was the recruiting director for an EYBL team, Nike Team Louisiana. And, And obviously you were an NBA basketball player who really, really liked shoes. And uh, I had access to a great quantity of shoes at the time. Uh, that was a, a whole nother lifetime for me. But at the time, I had access to tons of really cool shoes. And there was some special EYBL models that came out, the KD5s. I don't know if you remember them. I remember them. So yeah, we brokered a deal. Have, have yeah. You still have them? Okay. Still Keep those. Them. Keep yeah. those. They're special. So, uh, <laughs> so I handed you some shoes on the down low, right? Pixley knew, but nobody else knew. Because those were for our players, but I wanted you to have a pair. And then uh, in return, I don't know if you remember this, you gave me a pair of your New York Knicks practice shorts, which I gave to my son, who was a ball player. So he was right. thrilled. So it was a win-win. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, quit, quit pro code. There you go. Quit yeah, pro and I got, to, I got to further your sneaker addiction, which it sounds like has only grown since then. It's definitely grown, definitely grown. It's, uh, it's getting um, a little out, outlandish now. So, uh, yeah, you got to gotta, gotta move some shoes so sooner rather than later. Sooner rather Are than you later. one of those guys that's got like a separate like building to keep your shoes? Like, are you like PJ Tucker? You got a separate like a warehouse or some kind of special I greenhouse? Yeah, I, have, I have a store. I haven't gotten into the housing <laughs> perspective, but uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, outside uh, living space for my shoes for sure. I got it. Okay. Make sure you have a guard out there 24 seven, man. I know how valuable those things are. Make sure you yeah. got a guard. Yeah. Um, you played a couple of, did you play a couple weeks ago or was it last week? Did you scrimmage against some LSU guys? Somebody said, yeah, this, uh, this past weekend, we yeah. uh, got a chance to get up and down and uh, it was good. It was a good run. Uh, much needed for me. It's just, you know, just see where their, their guys are at, but then also yeah. see where my condition and everything like that is. So it was good. It was really good. Yeah. Do you still have a passion to play pickup? Do you still look forward to it? I know it's a profession, it's a job, and maybe you've been desensitized to it. Do you ever, I mean, do you have that burning desire? Like, I remember pickup basketball, I played college basketball, right? Low-level college basketball. I never lost the love to play pickup ball. I would always have preferred playing pickup ball to playing organized basketball. Is that still there for you? You still love going to play pickup with, like, random strangers? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm always, like, trying to go in and, I don't want to say kill because I mean I could I feel like I can do that anytime anywhere any place but I normally try to go in with a like a perspective of all right I need to work on something specific that day so like um, when we were playing pickup of the day um, just get my feet wet like just playing again getting up and down get some shots up but mostly like just everything I've been doing is like all right, off the dribble like shots um, working on trying to get to the basket like just. Just small stuff. So that's why I'm always like, I'm always looking forward to like either playing one on one, pick up something like three on three, yeah. whatever, whatever I can do to kind of move, get some body contact of like trying to get by somebody, work on like moves and stuff like that. So that's, that's why I really look forward to pick up because I'm like, all right, I got to try these moves out on somebody. Like I can't try yeah. it on, on, you know, on open air. I got to, you know, I got to try it on somebody that, that can yeah, no, go Cones don't help. Like cones don't help. Right. And you can't experiment in an NBA game or even an overseas game or a G League game. You need to experiment uh, on some random dudes at the, at the park or up in the gym. So yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, there was a time where I used to experiment on people, but now people experiment on me because I can't move <laughs> laterally at all. Okay. Yeah, I can't move yeah. laterally. I got to stand in the corner and catch and shoot it. Um, so I'm gonna tell you the story when I first saw you. Uh, this was in 2006, and you don't know this story. Um, for those of you who don't know, Langston played at a local high school here. Great basketball tradition. Uh, Langston was a big part of it. Christian Life Academy. I walked into this gym, and when I say this is a Cracker Box gym, is that fair? It's Cracker right, Box right, right, right. gym. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you know a couple hundred max, right? I know for yeah. a fact this night y'all were playing Southern Lab. Huge oh, rivalry. Yep. District game, you were a freshman, okay? Yep. 
So you were probably pretty nervous that night. Uh, I remember you guys had Josh White. Josh mm -hmm. White was the man. Yep. And then you were this little skinny kid. You were maybe six feet, maybe 5'11", but yep. you looked like you were 6'8", because your arms and your feet were gigantic, right? right? Yep. And so I'm sitting up in the stands, and uh, I didn't know this at the time, but I'm sitting next to legendary coach Don Green, who I'm sure mm -hmm. you know, used to yep. coach at Parkview. And I was like, hey, man, this team's pretty good. Who are you here to watch? What do you think about Josh? You know, is he Division One? He's a little bitty guy. He's like, is he a D1 kid? He's like, he's like, Coach, I'm not here to, to watch Josh White. I'm here to watch that kid right there. And I was like, who, who are you talking about? That kid right He's like, yeah, he's a freshman. That kid's going to play in the NBA. And he, when he said that to me, I looked at him and I was like, hmm, okay, let me pay attention. And by the end of that game, I was like, yeah, if he gets a couple inches and a couple pounds, he's going to be a serious problem. But uh, right. great high school team, great high school program. Uh, interesting high school coach you played for, right? I'm sure you got some great – I'm not going to ask you to tell any stories about, about Coach Foster, but was he an interesting coach to play for, to say the least? You know what? He, he taught myself and all the guys that played for him a lot of life lessons that, you know, kind of translated into to today's world, like how we – you think about, like, um, you know, there's not going to be anything that you go through in life that's going to be harder than, you know, we used to run a lot. We used to do a lot of like diving on floors, trying to get loose balls, um, playing pickup. You know, we would just everything that was in practice was like a correlation of life. Like he always kind of put that in perspective. And yeah. um, you know, he had different methods, to, you know, to everything. But like it kind of like to see it translate to life now. Like it, you know, when we was in college and all that, it didn't translate. But like now, like as we get older we're starting to see like, dang, like he was right. Like he, he said that like, okay, wow, that's crazy. That came to, for tuition. Like, so uh, yeah, now real, you know, big kudos to him and everything that he taught us, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. We know all the circumstances, but you know, to, to see all that he's done for us and uh, especially my career. Cause I, you know, yeah. I learned a lot from him. Like there was one instance, I'll give you one story real quick. Um, I remember when I was in the seventh grade um, and so I was uh, trying out for the team. I'm like, hey, I'm going to try out. I'm going to see what happens. I ended up making the team. Um, and no, actually, I, I lied. That was uh, eighth grade, eighth grade team. Because seventh grade, I was uh, just a water boy. Uh, eighth grade on the team, <laughs> make, trying to make the team. I told him, like, look, I'm going to try out. Uh, but, you know, I, I'll make my decision if I want to go play football or not. Because I was playing football at the time. Um, and end up making the team hardest, you know, uh, basically tryout. Uh, that I've ever had in my life. So I, I really like, I told my dad, I came home one day crying at the, at the one of the days. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I really want to quit. And um, he said, look, this is going to be the hardest thing you're going to go through. But like you get through it, like it's going to make you even better as a player, a man, everything like that. And I remember him saying that. And um, yeah, I made the team, ended up making the team, went ahead, went ahead, played football. So I left the team all the way until about, uh, I'll probably say like December, came back to the team at the end, at once football ended. And, um, you know, from then on, like, you know, I, I really like uh, just, you know, just enjoyed it at that point. But like at that moment, I was just like, yo, I didn't, I didn't think I would want to play basketball anymore. But, yeah. Uh, it really like, was like a, a full circle moment for me, for sure. It's rare when your basketball practices are harder than your football practices. Right. Man. So he, he was that kind of coach. I got a story and I got a story because I coached a kid uh, a little bit younger than you played uh, with our AAU program. Went to BRCC, and your coach had since transitioned over to BRCC. Yep. He told me that preseason, before the season even started, he didn't think they were practicing hard enough. So he yep. took all the kids, right, all the players on the team, he told his assistant coaches, lock those doors. They locked the doors to the gym, every single door to the gym. And then he pulled them all together. He said, fellas, we ain't leaving here till one of you punches somebody in the face. <laughs> And, he, and it was like, like, no offense, but it was like, this is the only white kid in the gym. And so he's looking around. He's like, oh, man, I'm target number one. He's like, he was scared to death. His head was on a swivel. But uh, that's the kind of coach you had in high school. He was he was uh, tough and hard-nosed, to say the least. So, yeah, another nah, good for story. sure. I'm, I, I mean, I, I, lo I love him to death, man. I love him to death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's move on to college. And this is this is interesting. This is going to break some hearts because you uh, – you left the great state of Louisiana. You left Baton Rouge to go to St. Joseph's. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, absolutely at the top of the list in the history of St. Joseph's basketball, uh, all A-10 rookie team. I'm reading off your credentials. All A-10 conference uh, team multiple times. 
Second time all-time leading score, total points scored behind Jameer Nelson, who was a fantastic uh, NBA player before you. Uh, all-time three-point leader, all-time three-pointers made. Uh, all-time leader in the program in minutes played, which is maybe the most impressive one because St. Joseph's is an absolute A-10 powerhouse for decades. Uh, all-time free-throw percentage leader. Second in PER, which matters when you're taking that many threes. And uh, the second best true shooting percentage in the history of the program and the all-time best box score plus minus in the history of the program. That's a pretty nasty list. Uh, did you think when you went up there that you were going to leave there as the man? Did you think that was that was in the wheelhouse? Did you know it? Or were you just trying to survive? No, I mean, you know, being recruited by all the teams like LSU, Baylor, like, a number of Texas and them, like a number of, you know, SEC powerhouses that recruited me and, and um, big 12 teams. Like it was crazy. Cause I was like, all right, I, I want to, I wanted to go to LSU. Not going to lie. I yeah. wanted to go to LSU, but circumstances just didn't work out. So end up leaving. I'm like, all right, well, if I'm going anywhere, I'm gonna go somewhere where I'm comfortable. I know the situation. My uncle was actually assistant coach, Jeff Arnold, um, yeah. assistant coach there. Phil Martelli had just put, you know, two NBA, you know, stars in the NBA. So I was like, Hey, look, I, I would love to, you know, have him coach me and, and really like, you know, critique my game, get me better. And then I'm in Philly, like, that's my home. That's my second home. Like, that's everything. Yeah. Like, my mom is from Philly. Like, every summer I would go up to Philly, I'd be playing in, in the rec leagues up there, playing against all the pros, like, while I was in high school. So I was like, yeah. already, you know, advanced for my age. So I was learning how to sure. play against them, physicality, everything like that. So, um, getting a chance to go up there, I knew that, you know, I had a really good shot to, to be um you know something special but I, I i didn't you know at the time i just was like hey i'm just going to pay just to play i just i and, you know at that time there was no like hey i'm gonna go one year and i'm going to the pros that, that wasn't like in my mind so i was just like hey look i'm gonna go up here you know if basketball works out and like i, I play well and, and do what i need to do i feel like i can get to the nba but you know if it doesn't i'm gonna take care of my education i'm gonna get it For right sure. so that was that was definitely you know the a, a and b plans so hypothetically, let's say uh, let's say your uncle takes a job at another school, or let's say your uncle gets out of coaching. Let's say Coach Phil decides to retire. What school was number two of your list? And I think your list: A and M recruited you, Baylor recruited you, LSU recruited you, Cincinnati, who was filthy at the time, recruited yep. you, Oklahoma State and Stanford, yep. which is no slouch. Who was right. number two on your list? Um, you know what's crazy? So I had. Um, I probably would have said Texas and them probably would have been second. second them or Baylor because Baylor, like that was, you know, it was in the middle of nowhere. But um, yeah. I was really cool with Bryce Drew, like really close with him. Um, and I mean, I can't even. I mean, with um, I can't even think of his name. It was at Texas and them at the time. Um, Bill Kennedy? No. No, no. It was um, he was at Maryland um a few years ago, but oh. Um, uh, Sturgeon, Mark, no. Mark Turgeon, Mark Turgeon, Mark Turgeon, yeah, yeah, Mark Turgeon. Um, he um, he was literally at every single practice. I don't know what was going on. With, like they they flew him over there like yeah. every other day or every so often. Like he would be at our practice. I'm like, Mark, what you doing? Like you know, Coach yeah. Turgeon, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just coming to see you. Like I want to check in, make sure. I'm like, and then they they used to send me like uh, post posted stamps with my head on it on the like you know on the mail. I'm like, yo. They they doing it up. They really like yeah. trying to get me. Bay, like I said, Baylor was like huge. Cincinnati, like they really recruited me hard. I mean, I probably would have said either Texas and them or Baylor. Like those were like yeah. really close. Uh, yeah. And it would have been close to home too. So, um, you I, say close to home. I mean, Waco's not right next door. I mean, yeah, it's, not it's not really. It's not right next but, door. Yeah. 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 But it's it's yeah. close. It's you know in comparison. I mean, LSU like with with them changing coaches like I, that just wasn't like. And then it was a lot of scenarios that happened that. I just didn't appreciate that happened um, while I was getting recruited by LSU. So uh, yeah, that they they weren't they had fell off the radar after yeah. they fired um, John yeah. Brady. I got you. Um, all right, enough of college. I mean, that's a wrap. Let's move on to the pros. So 2014. Did you think? Did you expect to get? I know you went undrafted, right? Did you yep. expect to get drafted? Did you have any promises from teams? I know you probably worked out for tons of them. Did yep. you think you were going to get the call or no? Um, it was a, it was a possibility. Um, I had worked. I had really good workouts with like Indiana, um, New York, um, Minnesota. Like had a really good workouts with them. No, nobody promised anything, but they all said, "Hey, look, we might consider you in the second round." 
if yeah. it comes to it. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. And then um, I think draft night, like Indiana might have texted my agent or called my agent and said, hey, look, you know, we might think about taking him in the second round. I was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. And, um, you know, lo and behold, you know, they end up, I think they end up trading a picking or they picked a foreigner and then, and then end up, you know, it was it. Stashed him. Yep. Pick and yeah. stash, pick and stash. Yeah. So uh, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I, I was upset. Um, my girlfriend, wife at the time, well, my girlfriend at the time, wife now. Yeah. She's like, hey, look, don't even worry about it. Like, you know, we're going to re- refresh, get a start, start tomorrow and uh, get back to it. And um, yeah. she's she's always been a, a, a very supportive person for me. Um, yeah. my, you know, my best friend, like, you know, everything, my, you know, my backbone for real, for real. And, um, she literally was just there for me, and uh, we really just picked up all the pieces. And then, all right, we got to get back to work. And so, literally yeah. the next day, like I was back in the gym and just locked in on what I hey, what I need to do now from here to, to get my, get did my you, opportunity. Did you? And it sounds like you got a good one. Obviously, y'all been together a long time. That's a long time ago. So I, yeah. I'm in the same boat. When you find a good one, you keep them, man. You do whatever you got to do. You treat them like a queen. And it, and I know she's not just your wife. She's your business partner. She's Fair? everything. She's okay. Everything. Yeah, she's yeah. everything. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that later for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so you didn't get drafted. Obviously, I know the way that works. Correct me if I'm wrong. Usually, then you're jumping on a plane and you're still going to work out for teams or or uh, after the draft. No, so, or so no. So, it, so basically, how it works is um, you you have your pre-draft. Once pre-draft's over, then basically uh, everybody gets drafted or whatever the case may be. Then they you get the call like, hey, look, we're going to sign you to training camp deal or something like that. Or yeah. no, not training camp, I'm sorry, uh, summer league deals. Okay. So then you get ready for summer league. Summer league is uh, the draft of the 23rd. So summer league is probably like a week or two after that. Two weeks um, after, yeah. Yeah, so like literally like I, uh, I got the call from New York. We made a decision. Me and my agent made a decision. Uh, went ahead, flew to Vegas, met them. And then literally we had two days, you know, Five days up into the first game, I think was that Saturday. So, got there on a on a Sunday, and then we were there for like three weeks. It was intense. Some, yeah, it's, it's just a grind. Like that's the thing that people don't yeah. understand. Like when you leave college, right? You finish the season, you start working out. Like you literally, you have to go from playing with a high school, a college basketball, changing over to NBA basketball, which weighs a little bit more. Yeah. The line a little longer, so you got to worry about that. I mean, kid, most kids nowadays a little different. In my time, like the line was the the high school line, and then now you think about that big jump all the way to the NBA line is a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but um, then you go from there to all right, summer league. You're trying to figure out the pace. You're trying to figure out you know everything. Everything's going on, and once you leave, uh like the, the the first couple of days in practice or, you know, whatever's going on for which team, whatever team you're on, that depends on how the situation goes. Then you go to, yeah. all right, let's start playing now. So you go yeah. from two days to playing, bodies beat up, and you got to go play and then figure it all out. And you got to compete against other teams. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to yeah. it. But, you know, mentally you got you to be ready. You got to be prepared. And, and Summer League has become like celebrity. I mean, Summer League is so different now than probably when you played. Now it's like – People it's can't wait to flip it on ESPN. Every single game is televised. It's a showcase. You know? Yeah, it's a showcase now. So basically, yeah, you're, not, you're not just showcasing for yourself now. You're showcasing for, you know, all well, 39 30. teams, and well, 30 teams, and you're showcasing for teams overseas. This and I mean, it's, exactly. it's everything. It's everything. Did you for a second think about an overseas option? I know you probably got calls. Your agent, I'm sure, got calls from overseas stuff. Did you ever consider making a jump across the pond, or were you dead set, I'm going to get through this G League, I'm going to get into the G League and work my way to the league? No, it definitely uh, crossed my mind. Um, but yeah. I, I've my whole career, I've never been about chasing the money and nothing like that. I've always yeah. said, "Hey, look, I'm gonna chase my dream, which is you know making it to the NBA." And I'm the the process is what I enjoy the most. Like just you know the work, putting in the work, being able to see the results, and then also like you know understanding like the journey is never gonna be pretty. It's, it's always yeah. gonna be a lot of ups and downs. So it's, it's a lot of like you know, horror stories within that journey. But, yeah, um, hey, we, we, we made it to where we, we wanted to be. I love it. I love it. From the beginning, I could tell you were a gym rat, man. I mean, I just, yeah. See, I was the opposite. Like, I just wanted to turn the lights on when it's time to play pickup. I was all about <laughs> playing pickup. I played yeah. 50 hours a week if you want. But yeah. when it comes to, like, getting in there and working out and one-on-one stuff and training, I was like, mm, that's not for me. These weights are heavy, man. That's not yeah. for me. So, uh, which is probably why you had the career you had, and I am a real estate attorney right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, amongst other reasons, yeah. So, um, 
All right, so let's talk about the Knicks. Uh, I remember, so you signed a 10-day or a couple 10 days, which is, you know, it's basically like, for those of you who don't know, it's like it's essentially a little 10-day window tryout, right? That's I mean, it. every That's minute it. matters. Yep. Um, you know, the Knicks was the first place that you came on with. It sounds like you had a great workout with them pre-draft. You got summer league with them. So they had seen you enough to make a calculated decision. Hey, we think Langston's the guy. We think he can help this team. So 10 days, a couple 10 yep. days like that. And then, man, you scored 19 in your second NBA game. How do you have the – I'm trying to think of a nice euphemism because I don't cuss on my channel. How do you have the cojones to put up that many FGAs as a, a undrafted rookie in your second game on a 10-day contract? You had to put the ball up a couple times. You yeah. had the green light. You didn't worry about that? Or what, what was that like? Tell me about that game. No, I, I mean, my mindset really wasn't um, – and this has been my whole mindset throughout my career. It's like I, I've never been worried about you know who's around me or what's going on. It's just like, hey, I'm just trying to find a way to win. Um, yeah. I've always been about winning and, you know, whatever way I can do that, whether that's offensively, defensively, whatever, you know, diving on floor, whatever, I'm, I'm trying to win the game. So um, I think I I subbed in like late and we were already getting blown out. We were getting blown out. Um, we were playing the Houston Rockets. And I'm like, look, I'm going to just find a way. I'm going to just, you know, keep going, keep going. I, mean, yeah. I knock one shot down and knock down another shot. And uh, I think I got a tip slam, and it really like it exploded the crowd. So like, all right, yeah. all right, let's let's get it going now. So that kind of got me going too. And and I was like, it, and if you ever watched, if you go back and watch that game, I was dead tired because like people don't realize like the G League speed of the game and then the NBA speed of the game is like two totally different speeds. Like you know, teams play pretty fast in the G League, but they don't play as fast as you know NBA. Like teams are literally trying to get the ball across the court at twenty one which, you know, shot clock is 24, they're trying to score the ball with 19, 20 on the clock. So teams are trying to score the ball really fast. Like, no, nobody's, like, trying to, all right, we're going to play this clock out. We're going to milk yeah. it all the way down to 24. Like, no, teams are trying to score the ball. They're trying to give as many shots as they can. Uh, the best shot possible, let's do it. Let's let's get up there and go. So um, just to see that, like, that speed and, and really, like, be a part of it. Because you don't – I tell a lot of, lot of young guys that I, I, I see and mentor, you can't – get ready or prepare for NBA basketball. Like you have to play NBA basketball to be ready for it because it's, 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 you know, it's, it's nothing that you can try by fire, man. You can't yeah. simulate that. You can't simulate yeah. that because it's, the speed isn't the same. Like, you know, guys are going to jog or walk or whatever the case may be in a pickup game, the NBA game, like dudes are like, Hey, we, like, you know, people on TV, they're like, Oh man, they're not playing hard enough. Like come sit, some, come, come, come sit court side of the game. Like you'll really see yeah. you know, how hard you guys are playing. First of all, I don't think people who are watching from home that have never played against NBA play. I've had the privilege of getting my butt handed to me by you and a couple other NBA players. We played lots of pickup, you know, with Marcus and Garrett and, and other guys, you know. Uh, so I've seen it firsthand, right? I was still the guy standing in the corner, you know, clapping because I was open, right? You're open for a right. reason. Yeah. But, uh, like, the people that watch on TV, I don't think they realize, like, the average person out there is a gigantic human being. Like, you're yeah. a little bitty dude in the NBA, and you're not a little bitty dude uh, as a citizen walking down the streets. I mean, these guys are gigantic, man, and not just yeah. gigantic but long. Um, yeah. You know, I used to play point guard, and I'm 6'4", and when I had, like, 6'6", 6'6", 6'7", guys, long arms guarding me, it drove me bananas. I just turned my back and tried to – Usher the ball up the court and get it to the wing and do my thing. Get off that ball quick, man. It's a uh, it's a whole different deal for sure. And uh, that's just that's just with one or two of you guys on the court. I can't imagine a court full of ten NBA guys. Um, so you make all NBA, uh, you make all rookie second team as an undrafted player, which has never happened in the history of the Knicks organization. That's that's fantastic. That's just it. Just doesn't happen. It probably hadn't happened since, if I had to guess. Um, your head spinning. So in 2015, though all hell breaks loose, right? And so uh, you go nuts. You catch a heater, and you've got game after game after game where you're just – you're on fire, man. You're just feeling it. You're in the zone. And, uh, you know, everybody's familiar with Lynn sanity. This was like Lang sanity, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, texting Pixley. I'm calling Pixley. I'm like, bro, he did it again. I was like, he did it again. He's in the zone. Are you watching this? He's like, man, he's in it. And so we were going back and forth about that. What was that stretch like where you were like – I mean, for a brief time there, Lang, you were like the alpha, right? Yep. I mean, you you were getting them up, and you were shooting a crazy percentage. What was that like? No, it was it was uh like like you said, like I was just in the moment, like I really didn't know what I was doing. I just was playing, like you know, just trying to help us win. And um, yeah. and I, I remember like my first three games, like I was like, all right, you know, 
you know, I scored seven the first game, 19 the second game. I, I forgot what I scored the third game. But then um, I'm like, all right, let's see what happens this fourth game. And then like they come to me, like Coach Fisher, he's like, yo, you're going to start this fourth game. I'm like, start? Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you're going to start. I'm like, check. There's I a just, check I, on I the bucket list. What are you talking yeah. Like, I'm just getting, no, he's like, no, like, you playing well. Like, let's, we, we need you. Like, just go out there and just play. Like, and, and he, like, really was like, uh, a huge like benefit for me because he just he just finished playing like his career had just finished and so he was always in my ear like if he saw hey look I think you could attack right here I like, try to get to the basket a couple of times or hey like I think you you know you can find ways to pick your spots he always was like in my my, my corner like just trying to help me you know along the way and then um, I think like middle way of the season like Melo had got hurt and so. Um, you know, him, uh, Tim Hardaway, uh, like those guys were like, you know, those are like my, my guys right there. Those those like yeah. two, two uh, big brothers. And uh, they just were in my ear like, yo, like, you know, just keep going. Like, you know, no matter what's going on, like, you know, just keep going and uh, tell me different things, to, you know, spots to pick and different things, that, things like that. So it was really dope. It was really dope to yeah. have them uh, right That's there. Uh, learning by doing, there's just no replacement for it, especially when you got guys like that who've been there and done it. You know, having them sit on the sidelines and coach you and talk through stuff like that, that'd be a pretty cool experience, man. And then the garden is like, I mean, it's the garden, man. You're playing in the freaking garden, man. I mean, that's, that's nuts, man. So, uh-oh, what's going on? What's going on back there? I know that sound. I know that sound. Yeah, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Um, all right, so let's, let's keep moving. I wanted to ask you a couple questions about um, – about sneakers and and uh, and how sneakers are similar to basketball cards, the basketball card channel. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, tell me about your your sneaker collecting, where it started, when it started, uh, how it's evolved, and where you're at now. Just kind of give us a general idea, because I, I I would consider you a sneakerhead, right? I mean, that's what we call for sure, know, for sure. Yeah. People who collect shoes. How many pairs of shoes do you have? First of all. Um, so I don't even know the number now. It's been a while since I've counted all of them, but I'll probably say about, it's tough to say, probably about 4,000 shoes now. 4,000? 4, 4,000, yeah. About How many feet you have? You just have two feet. Hey, look, I, I wear a new pair of shoes every single day, so I, I, try, I, love I try to wear them. I, I try to wear them, but, like, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I think, you know, it's probably time. Like, I've, I've collected everything I needed to. Now it's time to start, you know, start dishing them out. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, I was a sneakerhead for a brief time period. And then around 2016, I decided to convert my sneaker collection into cards. And that's where, you know, my world just kind of changed and I kind of got into this life. And so uh, I, I can kind of speak the language, but it's like uh, taking Spanish in high school. So I know a little bit to be able to talk to you a little bit intelligently about it, but I could never get on your level as far as yeah. sneakers go. But um, so uh, what's your favorite pair? You got one pair that stands out amongst all others or is it tough to pick one? No, no. Yeah, no, I have my, my favorite of all time is that he got game, he got game 13s. Those are my favorites of all time. Like, so, so. Crazy story. My mom threw them away when I was a little kid, and uh, when I was like college, yeah, I was in, when I was in college, I got my, my I got my I got a pair back. Like I was like, all right, this is my my size. I'm gonna hold on to these for dear life, and I still had them to to this day. Like I like I got a freshman year, and I've kept them clean. Like, I wore them a number of times, and they still yeah. like you know look look brand new. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's number one at number one. Like no matter what other shoe I collect, that that's number one. What was the most comfortable shoe you ever wore in an NBA game? Did you have a go-to pair or go-to brand? I mean, were you yeah. responsible? Yeah, I was sponsored by Nike for four okay. years. Within four okay. years, um, you know, um, you know, the most comfortable. I probably say like the Kobe, like uh, fives, Kobe fives or sixes was probably the most comfortable, but. Um, hey, now nice. hey, I, I got my own shoe now, so hey, well, I, well, I know we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. What, what, what can I say? What can I say? I know. Well, you got no choice, right? We're gonna talk about it at the end, but but those Kobe fives and sixes, I think those are the most worn shoes in the NBA right now, yeah, not for sure. For sure, they, yeah, they're definitely up there. Um, with, with most worn shoes, for I sure. love those shoes, I love those shoes, man. I had those Bruce Lee's, those yellows and yellow and black, yeah, God. they even made me look fast, man. Um, did you ever collect basketball cards as a kid? Did you, you ever touch what? basketball cards? I collected, um, I think I collected baseball cards back in the day. Like I had a couple of baseball cards, like King Griffey, and um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. But like I always like collected baseball cards because, uh, so my dad is actually named after uh, one of like the famous like uh, 
baseball players, Larry Doby, um, yeah, from, from the Negro League. So, yep. uh, I was like, oh, this is this is dope to, to really see, you know, how it's evolved and how the, you know the card game is really like taking off. It, it is absolutely taking off. I can attest to that. Um, you've signed cards. You've I know you've signed cards. We look. I'm gonna pull one up over here on the screen. I got screen yeah. share here. So let's pull this up. Look at this. I'm gonna show you something. First of all, what do you think your most expensive card is? I've got a I've got a data pricing tool, so I can tell you the most expensive Langston Galloway card that's ever been bought or sold. What do you think uh, it is? I probably would say it's either in Detroit or yeah, Detroit or New Orleans. Like that's probably because they, they had my jersey on there. Yeah, yep. It's this, and yeah, that's what's beautiful Detroit. about it. It's a sneaker spotlight card. So yeah. you may not know this, right? You're a sneakerhead, so you you're gonna recognize the shoes you're wearing, obviously. Right. This set right here, this is an insert set from a product not too long ago that is super, super highly sought after. Super highly sought after. Wow. So your most expensive card ever sold is that card right here. I got to pull it up on the screen. It's that card right there. Dang. That's dope. $275, Langston. Somebody pay for that card right there. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That When those things hit... It created this uh, this sort of hybrid blend among yeah. sneakerheads and card collectors. And a lot of people have kind of transitioned back and forth from sneakers to cards, to cards to sneakers. And there's still a little bit of an overlap there. And so this set right here, it was a brilliant genius idea. It um, it gave sneakerheads something to really latch onto in the hobby. Right. And so this this uh, insert set caught fire. There's a bunch of other studs in there. Dame Lillard's in there and, and yep. you know. You know, a bunch of other really big time players are in there. But uh, yeah, that's your that's your most valuable card. And uh, I was going to have Garrett on the show and I can't I can't do this with Garrett because I don't want to tell him what his most valuable card is. <laughs> it's, it's only a fraction of yours. So you got that on him. So the next time you see him, you can tell him you got to you got to beat there. So so we see these pictures of like hundreds of cards, sometimes thousands of cards and or stickers laid out in front of players and they got to sign it. And, and then they look miserable. Of course, it's just a lot yeah. of sign. Yeah. Do you have stories about that? Do you remember the first time you started signing cards? Yeah. What's that process like? That process is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, uh, I had a deal with Panini. Um, I don't have one right now, but uh, they, they sent me, it might have been like three thousand cards to sign, like just, yeah. and it was just blank cards. So I'm like, yep. oh man, like it's like, like literally like a big old box full of them, and I'm like, oh, man. So I'm just like, you know, I'm a rookie. I don't know any better. I'm just like signing, 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 and then probably like halfway through, I'm like, my hand starts cramping up, and I'm like, oh man, like this, this is this isn't good. And, uh, you know, over time, like, you get used to it. Like, you know, as a rookie, you, you're just trying to sign, sign, sign real fast, trying to go. But, like, you know, you got to pace yourself. You know, you got to put some music in, sign, take your time, get some yeah. water here and there. Like, you know, you got you to gotta make it a whole thing. You can't just, like, just go through them. But yeah, probably, probably seeing, like, 3,000, 4,000 at one time. Like That's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of cards to sign. But, no, but I, I appreciate all the – I've had so many kids come up to me nowadays, like, oh, man, like, could you sign this card? And I'm like, I, you know, I'm appreciative because that means so much. Like, you know, somebody asking for your autograph, like, that's, that's dope. It's dope. I yeah. had a kid recently that come up to me like, yo, like, he signed my card when I was at Summer League this past Summer League. I was like, wow, like, you know, kids still have my card. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you you own any of your own cards? You don't have any? I'm going to have to buy you one if you don't have one. You don't have I, any I of your have, cards? I, I you stash like them? one or two. Okay. Um, I've I've never kept them because they always like they they have a, a certain amount and they always say look if you don't have all these cards signed and sent back then you don't get like, your well, check. Yeah, you like yeah, you're missing <laughs> yeah. a card like we're, we got to send sure. this other card. I'm like oh man, so I, I've never kept one, but I think one time we lost one and I was like I found it and I was like I'm just gonna keep this on the side. So yeah. Yeah, we've seen some pictures of uh, of Giannis collecting his own cards. Mike yeah. Trout collects his own yep. cards. So it's yep. it's really cool. It's exciting for us, right? Because we're kind of in this little small little world, right? But uh, when we see big time athletes, you know, collecting their cards, it's kind of good to hear. So, um, yeah, you have to. I have to get you some. I'm gonna mail you a couple of cards of your own. Um, if you were gonna buy a basketball card, which player would you buy? It could be any player in history. It doesn't have to be an active player. It could be anybody ever. Which which player's card do you think would mean the most to you to have it in your hand? Um, and they had to play in the NBA or play wherever? Play wherever. Okay. I mean, it'd be dope, man, if I had my dad. Like, see, he played in the ABA. And okay, I didn't know that. Have one of his cards. Yeah, that'd be Wait, cool. who did he play for in the ABA? I used to he watch played, Colonel's games. That's how old I am. He played He played with the Nets. The, uh, okay. What were they? The um, Brooklyn Nets at the time, I think, or something mm -hmm. like that. 
Uh, uh, I mean, yep, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. They were like the uh, they were up in up in New York somewhere, but yeah, he played with that team uh, for a little bit before. Like he played with it right before it expanded into the NBA, and then he mm-hmm. like then he he didn't play anymore. But yeah, that would have been dope to, to get one. Well, when he was playing, Doc was running through that league. Huh? Yeah, so yeah, so, Doc was tearing that league up. So he told me a story with Doc, right? He was saying that when he was coming through, my see my dad, he's six five, six six. I'm I'm only six two. Um, uh, he literally told me he said I was six five, six six, playing you know three four, and Doc was six seven playing the one, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the right, I'm not in the right situation <laughs> like this. Yeah, well, it didn't help that he could jump and sit on the rim either. You right, know, right, yeah, he could do it. You're all probably six eleven with the afro, so right. yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Doc is uh, Doc's a true ambassador. And I don't know if you heard this. This news just literally just came out like 30 minutes before we jumped on here. Mm-hmm. They're retiring number six for the NBA forever. It. Everything yeah, you saw, I saw it, it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. Is, what number is LeBron in, in, in um, Miami right now? I mean, uh, L.A. I, I don't know what he is in L.A. right now, but I think he was six. So, yeah, well, so that's what I, thought. I thought he was six. But I don't yeah. know if he if he is six, then I'm assuming that he's going to have to you know, change numbers. I mean, he wanted to change numbers. He wanted to change to, uh, I think, to a 23, but I, I think the NBA wouldn't let him because he had so many sales and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you played with Blake Griffin. Yep. How funny is he? Is he as funny as I think he is? Because I've seen some funny clips of Blake Griffin. Is he a, is he a clown? Like, is he a jokester he, all the time? He, he sneaks up on you. Like, he won't joke, joke with you all the time. Like, he's serious, like, court-wise, all that. Yeah. But, like, that's like my, that's like that's like another big bro for me. Like really, really close with him. Um, like if if something happens or like he'd be like he'd be whispering under the and then he'd be like you start laughing and everybody's looking at you like what's going on? Oh, and he 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 has a really like sense of like knowing when to joke and when not to joke. So yeah, man, he's dope man. Really really cool dude man. Down mm-hmm. to earth and uh, yeah, nah, really, really cool guy. Is that the franchise you feel the most affiliation with? Was Detroit those years? Um, is that, is yeah, that kind of your Probably New York. New York is probably, probably York. like another franchise where I made like a huge impact. Yeah. Uh, Detroit, yeah, another another huge impact on there. Yeah. So probably those two franchises probably I made the yeah. most. Um like, you know, spent like on on the court and off the court like time. So yeah, it's it really good. Yeah. Um hardest cover ever at your position. Hardest hardest person oh, you've ever had to check in the league. Probably probably Kyrie. Kyrie's probably tough. Um toughest I've I've guarded. Just one on one wise, like he He's one of the guys, but he doesn't call for screens. He kind of throws like he, you know, he calls screens. Watch it. He's he's get out. Just get out yeah, of my way. Like, yeah, I come set a screen. Like he'll like act like he's about to go and he'll back it out. And then all right, I'm about to go one on one. Like he doesn't need a screen at all at any time. Like he just goes. So probably the toughest to guard. You know, Russell is tough. Russ Russ Westbrook is tough. But um, yeah, Kyrie, I probably say probably. You tough. can't gap. You maybe have a gap Russ a little bit. You can't gap Kyrie an yeah, inch. You can't like, gap like, him Russ, at all. Russ man. is so quick. He's so yeah. quick to get downhill. Like that's what's so yeah. tough because like you got to beat him in the spot. And if you're not there, it's it's yeah. takeoff. Like he literally if take he off, gets takeoff. if he gets shoulder to shoulder, he just leaves, and you're not. Yeah, you're not leaving with him. Yeah. Toughest, flip it around. Toughest defender you've ever faced. Anybody that just drove you nuts. Anybody that you just mm. kind of felt mm, this is probably not a good matchup. Let me, let me swing this. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've had I've had Kawhi guard me a couple of times. Like he's he's tough, um, physical, but like his length, like his length. I was about to say, you. yeah, his length bothers you. Um, I haven't really had like much. Like you know, it's it's crazy to say this, but like when I've had the ball and like I've scored, like there hadn't been like one guy where I'm like, oh man, like I really got to pick it up. I get get rid of it. Uh. Pat Bev, you know, pesty, real pesty, like you just, just yeah. around you, like just bumping you, trying to make you, you know, make you make a mistake, like all that. So I I'll probably say like you know Kawhi, like uh, um, Pat, uh, Pat Bev, like those two guys, like you know, just yeah. just right underneath you all the time, right underneath you. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so you're, I, I would classify you as a shooter, right? I used to consider myself a shooter, but you're obviously on a whole nother level. So you're a shooter. So we're gonna ask some shooter questions. Mm-hmm. Um, best shooter you've ever played with. On the same roster with, mm, um, man, I'd probably say Melo to be honest with you. Man, Melo, man, he shoots the cover off the ball. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, he yeah. Probably, like him. I mean, I was I was on the Warriors for preseason last year and just seeing stuff shoot him and Clay. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, total like, different level. Like they literally like just like the shots that you see him make, like those tough shots. 
he practices those shots. Yeah. But those are like, like, you know, he'll be up there and, uh, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, yeah, he did that in the game last year. Last year, wow. Yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah, nah, he really practices those shots. So. Look, I get in an argument with my son because Seth shoots a better percentage than Steph, and I try to explain to my son, I said, Steph is taking shots – Steph yeah. couldn't get off. He couldn't yeah. even attempt the shot. And, yeah. se- and that's the percentage that Steph Curry's shooting. So the types of shots he takes and the types of shots really, just generally speaking, dudes in the NBA are taking now off the dribble. Those shots weren't permitted about 15 years ago. Like you yeah. weren't even allowed no. to take them, you know? That's, that's the thing. that that's, that's what's so crazy about his career. Like he's gone from the beginning of his – probably the first seven years, like – there was no like, hey, I'm gonna throw it up there and let it go in. But like now it's like, you know, the last, you know, six years, like he's he's done, you know, the, the impossible, like shots that you wouldn't even think that he would make, he makes. Yeah. It's funny, he's he's literally laying, I think he's eliminated the argument of who the greatest shooter of all time is. Like it's not, it's you know what I'm saying? Like when people argue LeBron versus Jordan or the best dunker of all time or the best rebounder of all time. People don't really argue best three-point shooter of all time. And I don't think anybody can really make an argument, can they? Yeah, no, nah, it's 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 tough it's, it's tough to stop because yeah, his confidence is through the roof. Through the roof. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. Uh favorite coach you ever played for? Uh, if you're not comfortable answering that, you can list a couple, but including assistant coaches, who's the coach that you connected with the most in the NBA and all your time there? Um, hmm, man, it's, it's a lot of good ones. Uh, Wayne Casey was good. Derek yeah. Fisher was good. Um, I was really tight with a couple assistants, Sean. I, I forgot Sean's last name. Sean, Micah in Detroit. Um, man. Man, I've had I've had a, a number of good coaches like that have really pushed me and, and, and helped my career, mold me, different things like that, stuff I could work on. So yeah, no, I, I mean I give a lot of kudos to a lot of coaches that you know yeah. have been there. Yeah. Uh, best best friend or best couple friends in the NBA? Um, Dad Young, really close with him. Uh, Tobias Harris, um, Derek Rose, Blake. Yeah. Um. I think who else? You know, all the Baton Rouge guys, like those, those are all my guys. Yeah. Um, Baton Rouge and New Orleans guys, Alfred, uh, Greg Monroe. I mean, the list goes on and on from DJ Augustine, another good guy, another really good guy. Um, yes, yeah, there's a lot of guys I'm really close with. Like, uh, like you know, like if, if anything, like, you know, doomsday happened tomorrow and, you know, I needed something like they would, you know, they would look out. So, yeah, no, nah, for sure. Yeah. That's Tony, cool. That's another cool. Guy, another good guy. Um, so, Look, is the card collecting channel. So as card collectors, we like to prospect, right? We like to grab the next big thing, right? We want to find the next Giannis, right? There may not be another one of those, but we like to find the rags to riches stories, guys that are just coming up that nobody knows about that are going to explode. Is there any young guys, like super young guys that you play with the past two or three years that are kind of off the radar? Uh, You said off the radar guys? Yeah, like off the radar, young young guys, like 22, 21 years old, that you think can take a next step and become NBA All Stars. Think it like, and I'm not talking about Luca and guys like that. We know them, like off the radar guys, guys that you played with that have kind of you really surprised you and been like, hey man, this guy can do a lot more than he's showing. Um, I'm trying to think, guys that I've um, been around. Um, I probably say a young kid from actually from Baton Rouge. Uh, well, no, he's not from Baton Rouge. He played at LSU. Uh, Cam Thomas, man, he, yeah, uh, really, really uh, strong uh, guard. He, he's gonna have a really, really, really great career. Um, trying to think who else uh, that I played alongside. Uh, um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, kid um, Malachi Richardson from Toronto. Really, really. Really explosive kid. And he's a guard from uh, Toronto. Yeah. From really, Syracuse. Really, really. Yeah. I mean, with Malachi Syracuse. Flynn. I'm sorry. Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, he can't play. Yeah. He, he reminds me. He's the next one, right? So you got Lowry and then you got Van Vliet and now you yeah. got Malachi coming behind him. They, they yeah. get these little guards that can play the point and they can really play. Yeah. Absolutely. I like him. I like his game. Yeah. He's a really, really good one. Uh, I can see, see a, lot of, a lot of potential in him. Um, I mean, and then, you know, just, just the, the rookie class, you know, everybody, you know, they pinpoint the, you know, the top guys, but then it's always the guys that, that blow under the radar. So, uh, I'm excited to see this is upcoming rookie class to see what's, what's going on with them. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, basketball hero growing up. You can't count your dad. 
<laughs> you can't um, count your dad and you can't count Jordan. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, big Jordan fan. Uh, I'd probably say AI. AI, you know, being like half Louisiana, half Philly, like AI was like everything yeah. to me. Like his heart, his determination, like, you know, people just like, they, they always like misconstrued, you know, what he was all about. Like he, I feel like he was like one of the, you know, pound for pound, like, best guards that ever came through. So yeah, nah, I always like just love the the determination and everything that he stood for. So yeah, pound for pound, he's a problem, man. What do you think the most expensive Allen Iverson card ever sold was? I'd probably say like either close five hundred thousand and up. Got to be. <laughs> it's this one right here, but it's a trick question because it's it's a logo man. Have you ever heard of a logo man card? So yeah, yeah. look, I'm gonna show you. So that's a logo man card, right? So you got AI, yep. you got Kobe. And you got Steph Marbury, right? Oh, so three shit. legends right there. And then they take a little logo patch out of their jersey, right? That's one hundred forty-six thousand dollars. So that's that's God, the most expensive dang. one that I've got pulled up here. So dang. that's a big one. That's, that's a big one. I thought it'd be way more. Than, I mean, just from yeah. you know those, yep. especially those three. Like, but hey, I guess people, you know, it just depends on you know what you're looking for and what you're trying to get. That's right. That's right. Um, best basketball movie of all time. We're almost done. I'm going to talk about this best basketball movie of all time because I did a podcast the other day and it, it was a heated debate, man. What is your number one basketball movie of all time? So it's, it's just tough because my wife and I's favorite one that we love is uh, Love and Basketball. But um, it's tough. It, it really is tough because they got so many good, really good basketball they do. movies. You can do. I, you know what I'm gonna go with because this was this part like you, I, you probably haven't heard this one. I, I mean I don't know who was on the last one that talked about this. I'm gonna go Six Man. Six Man is my favorite one. Never seen it. You never, never seen Six Man? No. What is it about? Six Man with when the um it's Marlon Wayne's and um uh, and the other I forgot the other dude that's the side character that basically like he gets hurt like they both feel like they both feel like they're both playing to win a championship. Him and his brother and his brother end up uh like going up to dunk it falls off the rim and then he falls and like uh I think either he ends up dying or something like he ends up wait, like wait wait you're talking about above the rim no that's not above the rim above the rim is uh the white man can't I mean not not uh, that's that's what you call that's uh that's Tupac and them yeah 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 well Wayans is in that too Marlon Wayans is in that one too he and the guy dunks it and one. falls off the building he, he is in that one but no no, no yeah. not that one it's six man I, I think okay I gotta check it out I gotta check it out what about Hoop Dreams? Have you ever seen Hoop Dreams? You might be too young. I think I've seen Hoop Dreams. You gotta That's, see Hoop Dreams if you haven't seen it. I think I have yeah. seen Hoop Dreams. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me yeah. make sure it's six man. Cause I don't, I don't want to be wrong, but I think it's six man. <laughs> we'll edit it out if you're wrong. Yeah, it's six man. It's six man. Yeah. Okay, six I gotta go see it then. Well, you, yeah. I got another movie it's I gotta six see. Six man. Yeah, six man. Yeah, it's, it's okay. a really good one. I remember like okay. almost crying with that one. That was a good one. Okay, I need to see it then. I need to see it. All right. So tell me about Ethics the Brand. Tell me about all about it. I'm gonna pull it up on the screen here and screen yep. share so everybody's watching can see it. Yep. Um, and first of all, let me before I forget, so this is Langston's uh Instagram page. We're big in Instagram, right? And card collecting Instagram is kind of our main place where we kind of social network. So Lang Galloway, and then the number 10 yep. uh is Langston's Instagram page. And then I've got this pulled up. This is the another Instagram page for Langston's clothing and shoe line, right? Yep, yep. All right, tell us a little bit about it. Yep, Ethics the Brand. So uh, we have been in existence for about the last six months, six, seven months. And, um, yeah, we're just – we're building a lot of momentum right now with with being able to correlate with uh, the grassroots basketball, high school, AAU programs. Uh, We're working on, like, a lot of uh, tiers when it comes to college basketball, trying to – uh, move over to that realm, uh, HBCUs on, on, those, on those type of scales, guys that, and we, we compare this to like my story. So like, we don't want to embody the whole story, but like some of the story, like we want to, we want to cherish the underdog. Like that's what, you know, the brand is all about underdogs, guys yeah. that guys and, and females that have been through the ringer and like, you know, haven't had a fair shake, but they, you know, they, they continue to grind, continue to hustle. And they've, they've gotten to, you know, whatever they've, wanted to achieve in their lives. So that's why we, we really embody like trying to focus in on, like I said, the grassroots side of things, working on the HBCU side of things. That's, that's probably what's next. And then uh, women's basketball, like those are three main areas that we want to really focus in on and, and grow and grow. So we, we, we're loving, you know, the, the journey that we're on, you know, it's just the beginning. We got um, another colorway. So be on the lookout September, um, beginning of September ish. 
Uh, okay. the, four, the fourth colorway will be dropping, and um, I think that'll be probably the most hyped up colorway that'll be dropping. So, yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm excited to you know see the outcome and see you know where we, where we take this thing. We're just getting started, like I said. Okay, and they're called. They, these are the three colorways that are out right now. These are called the LG ones. Is that what they're LG called? Ones, LG yep. All the LG ones. You have the, um, the black pair, frozen corals, white pairs, the pistachios, and the third colorway is the uh, vision melons. So those are three colorways right now, and then. This uh, fourth colorway will be it'll be called superhero gumbo. So that'll be um, love it. I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a story for that. Uh, my son, he actually the one that came up with the colorway. So I'm excited okay. for him to, to you know share share his little story about it. Well, it's a family affair. Tell me about your business partner. We finally get to talk about your business partner. I wasn't gonna <laughs> let you get off without talking about it. She'd have gotten mad at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's you know that's everything. Like she really is the face. She is the brand um she runs the day-to-day operations like uh, you know i'm i'm just one of the sponsor athletes that's all i am with ethics um you know i am the co-founder but i don't want to have anything to go without her you know pushing the engine she she is the engine she she makes the day-to-day go and she makes this whole thing go uh so without her uh, my wife sabrina galloway she is everything and um yeah, no, nah, she she's really uh, pushed our company to to new heights, and I think that the next step is really going to be Yeah, go ask mama. Go ask mama. <laughs> no, I need to go pee. All right, all right. <laughs> Hold on. All right, I'm gonna let you go. Look, strength in numbers, man. You got a good one, so congrats on that for sure. Your family sounds precious, man. I'm uh, uh I'm happy to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time. I know you got a lot going on, and uh, and stay in touch, man. I'm gonna reach out to you soon, and good luck in the next coming months. I know you're trying to find a gig. Appreciate so. it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be with Team USA, so please tune in. Um, 19th through the 30th, I have two games, so tune in. Tune in. Deal. You better win them. USA yeah. wins every game. That's right. That's right. But take care. All right. Thanks, Lang. All right, brother. All right, guys. Uh, one of my old friends, Langston Galloway, uh, still brings me to tears when guys like that call me coach. Like if he sees me, he calls me coach, right? Because it brings back memories of when I used to actually coach a little bit of basketball. But uh, Langston's a fantastic human being, a fantastic basketball player. He's made Baton Rouge proud and he's made the great state of Louisiana proud. So it's a pleasure to have him on the channel. Um, if you guys get a chance, go check out his new clothing line, Ethics the Brand. They are pretty cool, and it's a it's a company that's just in its infancy that just started in January. So uh, give it a look. But uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the brief interview with Langston. He's uh, the first NBA player to join me on the channel, but he won't be the last. I promise. Got a couple more lined up. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, as always, keep collecting, stay positive in the hobby, and peace. <laughs>